0: Greetings and welcome to episode 41 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. David's work here with you, uh, as always. And uh, honestly, I just wanted to post a quick podcast. We're getting closer to opening night. Training camp is starting to wind down. Uh, We're getting the last last few games of the preseason coming up. So I just wanted to kind of post uh, some quick thoughts on a few players and storylines as uh, we're getting closer to the end of it. Um, And the first thing I want to talk about, probably the most exciting thing, Sasha Barkov. Um, watching him closely throughout training camp, and it, it, he looks like he is just ready to hit another gear. Uh, he's shooting the puck from anywhere on the ice with insane accuracy. It's um, Every time he shoots the puck, it seems, it's just bar down and in. Um, it, uh, he's shooting it from further away. Uh, his power play work has been scary good. I kind of get the feeling that he's starting to understand after the last couple of years just how hard it is to win in this league and what level he has to play at to make his team better and he knows he how good he can be i mean it's kind of ridiculous how good this guy is and if we see alpha barkov like if that's kind of what this is trending towards which i'm getting excited thinking that could be what's happening now holy shit (laughs) is that exciting barkov with a shoot first kind of mentality with the playmaking ability he already has. How many times have we watched Barkov over the years and just gotten so frustrated because if he shoots the puck more odds are, he scores more odds are there's more chances instead of trying to make the perfect passing play. If we get that Barkov, Oh man. So, so we'll see how that one shapes out, but it's certainly something that I've noticed so far in camp at practices and stuff. And uh, just hopefully it carries over as we get into the regular season, which I'm, I'm kind of hopeful it will because, you know, as I said, Barkov, he wants to win here with the Panthers. And for that to happen, he's really got to be the best version of himself that he's ever been. And he gets that. So, you know, we'll see. Um, the next guy I want to talk about is Aaron Eckblad. Obviously, somebody that we've all been watching very closely after his uh, gruesome leg injury last season, coming back, really hitting the ground, running. by all accounts, you know he was doing a lot of work uh, before training camp started. So you knew that he there you know, if there was any rust, it wouldn't be very much because he'd been going strong for a little while. Um, I, I just love, love how confident. Aaron Ekblad is with the puck. And, and I mean, for good reason, whether he's at at the offensive blue line trying to keep the puck in or making a move on special teams or whether he's digging it out of his own zone, getting the puck up the ice. He's just so good with it. Um, yeah, there, there's a reason that this guy was a Norris candidate last year and there's no reason to think that he's not going to jump right back into that saddle uh, when this year gets going. Uh, one of my favorite things about Ekblad that he just, You see it. It's kind of hard to pick it out in practice, but we've been able to see it a few times in the preseason uh, is how great he is at recognizing when to jump up into a play, when to start pushing it. Obviously in coach Q's systems and and the way that coach Q likes his D to be aggressive, ekblad has got the green light. Whenever he, you know, sees a good opportunity, he's just so good at sensing when that opportunity is and when maybe he should hang back a little bit and play his position. Uh, His hockey IQ is really off the charts with Aaron Ekblad. And my final thought on Ek is that I think we're going to see another level from his ability on the power play uh, as this season starts to progress. And that first power play unit starts to really build chemistry because, you know, Barkov, Huberto, you know, they've got tons of chemistry already. Bennett, Huberto, and that power play was clicking when they were together last year. Never with Ekblad, because Bennett came after Ekblad got hurt. And then Sam Reinhardt, he's new. So these guys, ridiculous, off-the-chart, amazing skill amongst the five of them. But, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for the chemistry to build. Fortunately, they're all insanely talented, especially in the offensive end. So they're still going to be productive. It's still going to be a scary good power play. But it's more than likely going to get better and better as the year goes on. And I think a big part of that improvement is going to be Ekblad we saw last season on the power play how good Ekblad was Is really just playing the umbrella role himself. He'd be on the left side taking one-timers. He'd be feeding off the right wall. He'd be at the top. He found himself below the goal line. He was all over the place and scoring from all over the place. Um, I think we're going to see that kind of continue with this power play. And Eklad's confidence growing is just such a cool thing to watch happen. And after what happened last year to him... Uh, you, you can see it in his eyes that he's really, really excited to get this year going. Um, so yeah, it's I, it's fun to think about. I mean, in Barkov, you could have a guy who, you know, he won the Selkie last year. If he hits this other level that uh, it looks like he's training towards, Barkov could be in the Hart Trophy consideration. You've got Ekblad, who, you know, Norris guy, no doubt. Uh, there's some talent. This Panthers team, man. Um, The next guy on my list that I want to talk about, Sam Bennett, I I mentioned him there uh, briefly talking about the power play. Just what I've noticed watching Bennett, he's so well positioned regardless of what zone he's in. He just always seems to be in the right spot, whether it's to break up a pass, whether it's to lead a breakout, or whether it's keeping the offense flowing in the uh, the offensive end. He's just... I guess you could see how he had this reputation as being a quietly effective player before coming to Florida because it wasn't until he got to Florida and granted small sample size and all that, I know, um, but suddenly he started putting up points at the pace that, you know, maybe was expected when he was drafted so high. Um, Not so quietly effective anymore because we're all talking about him now because he's putting up points at this ridiculous pace. But I, I just love how... Is smart, I guess, is the, is the thing to use. He just always knows where to be, and he's got that great hockey sense. So just something to kind of keep in mind when talking about Sam Bennett is uh, is just how effective he can be. Another guy who's very effective and who I know Coach Quenville really likes is uh, Etu Um He's quietly solidified a nice little spot for himself as the third-line center so far through camp, but that comes with the big caveat of Anton Lindell not being in camp until the last couple of days. Um, now, like, Lusterainen, kind of similarly to uh, Nolichari, that he does a lot of the little things really well. Um, solid two-way, five-on-five play. Uh, adds an element from the forward side of the penalty kill that's really valuable. Um, the thing about Lusterine, uh, maybe doesn't show up as offensively uh, as often as as some of the potential other options like Anton Wendell would be expected to, but we don't know yet. Uh, we really got to, you know, we got to see if Wendell's play is going to carry over what we've seen of him in Liga and in world championships. And we've been through this before. Um, if it's in carry carryover, we're going to find out uh, before the season starts, as it looks like Wendell's going to get some preseason action. Um, and, and with regarding Luce and where does he go then? Does he shift to the wing? Because he's been such an effective center in that two-way game that's so important to Joel Quenville. Or does maybe Nolachari move to a wing? We know that already Joe Thornton's been playing the wing. So th- this is the this is where that, that V word, that Q and Bill Zito bring out all the time. Versatility in the lineup. Guys that can play center or play wing. And it goes to the top, too. Because you've got Sam Reinhardt who can play center or wing. You've got Sam Bennett who can play center or wing. Uh, it's just... Having that luxury, right? Luostarinen's job, so many of the other jobs at the bottom of the lineup. Whether it's a Maxime Mammon or a Yuho Lamico or a Mason Marchman or a Ryan Lombard, you know, so many guys are fighting for so few positions. I mean, at the on the defensive side too, um, it's a great problem for the Panthers to have, and we've kind of talked about it ad nauseum at this point. And speaking of the defense, uh, one guy that I wanted to highlight. On the pod uh, is Brandon Montour, who he looks really comfortable running that second power play. I think he's in his element there. Um, We knew coming in that he was a really solid skater. I love that he's always got his head up and he's always looking up ice. Um, I think a big issue with not a big issue like it's been a problem, but I think a key to success— with Montour, it's something he mentioned last year when he was paired up with Marcus Nudevara. It's something that he's talked about this year uh, being paired up for the most part with Gus Forsling. It's that communication element. It's so important, and particularly uh, in Coach Q's systems because the defensemen are counted on to do so much uh, in terms of, pro- uh, of pushing the pace of play, uh, alliteration aside, excuse me. Um and so both defensemen really have to be in sync and, and it's, you know, it's part of why we saw such a huge step forward from Mackenzie weeder uh, as he got more to playing time with his buddy, Aaron Ekblad, the confidence grew, the communication was great. And, you know, Weeder flourished and Ekblad continued to flourish. So I think, uh, I would like to see more of Montour and Forsling get that time together. Cause the two of them looked really good early in training camp and in the preseason. Unfortunately, Forsling has been out for the past few days, uh, expected to be back before the preseason ends. Uh, Coach Q said he was, was hoping to get him in at least the last preseason game. Uh, and that hasn't changed as of Q, as of Wednesday when he spoke to us last. Well, I'm recording this for you on Wednesday, on Tuesday. Pardon me, Tuesday. I can't keep track of days. This is Tuesday. Panthers play in Orlando tonight. Um, but yeah, with Montour, a lot of upside there. I, I think the one element that I, that I need to see more of is gameplay. Uh, I, you know, the physical element, the being able to produce when you know there's two guys breathing down your neck. He was pretty solid in his own end for the most part last year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he handles it. Uh, he's going to get a ton of minutes, whether it's between five on five times, being in the second unit, uh, you know, the second pairing. And for for now, he's looking pretty solid running that second power play. Uh, obviously, if he falters there, there there are other options, uh, such as Mackenzie weger but. Yeah, I would expect Montour to get a really good look and a really good shot as we uh, as we get into the season here. Now, I would be uh, remiss if uh, we got through a podcast, even if it's a quickie podcast, without doing a little bit of goalie talk. Um, so on that subject, I will say the last few days, it looks like Sergei Bobrovsky has really been getting locked in. Um, a couple of really excellent practices, like really kind of had my attention good practices, which look, I get it. It's practice and all that. But when it's not just one, but consecutive days where, you know, and I'm always, I've always gotten an eye on the goalies um, where I'm pretty impressed with not just the, I guess the intensity, the, the level of high difficulty saves being made. Uh, and just like when you get into the attempts, when you really start to treat every drill in that game situation mode uh, where you're kind of locked into whatever happens. You're, you know, you sometimes when you're practicing, you're focusing on, you want to work on your angles. You want to work on, you know, shots from the outside. And if it doesn't come the way you're hoping it does, you just kind of let it go. Um, no, it looks like he's been treating everything as, as game situation and, and making a ton of really good saves. Um, so Bob trending in the right direction. Um, and he's about to get a huge, uh, like emotional boost Uh, maybe the best, the best that I can say I've ever experienced in my life, uh, because he, his wife is having a baby, uh, either today or tomorrow. Q said it's coming. Um, so Bob is going to get the next few days off as uh, he and his wife, Olga, welcome their first child into the world. Awesome. Super happy for Bob. Uh, you know, obviously I can't speak for every parent, but I can say it's life changing. It's the best, best feeling in the world and uh it's you know for bob is a guy who loves to keep things positive i'm sure he's going to be on cloud nine uh for the foreseeable future so uh excited and happy for bob and i can't wait to see him back because as i said uh he really seems to be getting locked into a good place and uh you know as q has said multiple times bob's the guy you know i i get caveat that with you know at least at the beginning of the season Bob's the guy and then we'll see how it goes but you know Q says Bob's the guy he's going to be the, the one that they lean on at least early and yeah I mean he's looking looking like he's he's at least going to try to take on that task and and meet it as best he can and we've seen how good Bob can be so you know consistent we'll see uh, then there's another goalie on the team Spencer Knight uh, <laughs> and Spencer Knight 20 years old and, you know, so steady. So steady. Uh, I, I don't get how he can just look so consistently solid. It, it just looks like, like robo-goalie almost. And I know you've heard me uh, use that phrase to talk about Andre Vasilevsky more because he's like a giant cyborg. Whereas with Spencer Knight, it's just everything is just... It's always the same. Like, he, his movements are always very fluid and he doesn't over-push, and he's always in control, and he, he doesn't get flustered, and it's just, it, it's just all, like, I, I don't want to say it's always the same, because it sounds like, it doesn't sound like a positive thing to say, but I mean it in the most positive ways, because he's an amazing young goaltender, and he's able to be so consistent, and that's what gets me so excited. Um, obviously, the big question with most young players, whether they're coming from college or juniors or whatever, uh, it's the NHL is a completely different beast just in terms of the the sheer size of the season and what's expected of these guys so i think it's going to be a very good thing if sergei bobrovsky can shoulder at least maybe the majority of the starts you know maybe you know 50 to 30 something in that range just to keep night as fresh as possible uh for you know potential whatever may come at the end of the year uh it's hard to adjust from from any level other than the NHL to the NHL, really. Uh, just because so much is asked of you and it's such a large plate to be handed. And that's why you see a lot of young guys, you know, it takes them a couple of years to really get their wind in the NHL. Um, but with Spencer Knight, I'm just so excited to, to see what he's going to be able to bring to the table with Bob uh, taking a little time off to welcome his child into the world. Knight should get a bit more of an opportunity to play here in these uh, final preseason games. I would imagine Chris Gibson gets out there as well, but it just, I think we'll see maybe a little bit more of Knight than we would have otherwise, which will be great. You know, I'm certainly happy to see that. And um, yeah, I think he's only going to get better as, you know, he works more with Rob Talis, spends more time focused just on goaltending and tweaking his game, you know, little bits here and there. Because this is the first time that Spencer Knight has had 24 7. Hockey's your job. You know, it started late last season. But you know this is really getting into your new lifestyle, and and that comes with finding ways to improve your game. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Um, some final notes here as I uh, as I wrap things up. Uh, Carter Verhage was out of the lineup, came back uh, Tuesday to start skating. Q expects him to get at least one preseason game in before the season ends. Uh, I like that he's been getting some penalty kill shifts during practice. Uh the more these skilled guys that possess the puck well can play PK the better. Um and Cardiver Hade, I mean, you know, tons of talent, so you find ways to get him more on the ice that are gonna help the team. I'm all for that. Uh there have been uh a bunch of guys that have been getting a look on the PK because they've been starting to do special teams work the last few days. Uh so just you know kind of go through the list of like four words being used on the penalty, penalty kill. You've got the regulars like Nola Chari, Yuho uh, Ryan Lombard's been out there luster Ryan and I mentioned earlier Mason Marchman has looked really solid on the penalty kill as he's been there throughout <clears throat> excuse me throughout the preseason uh Anthony Duclair getting some time on the PK as I mentioned for Haiti as well and anton Lundell uh, also uh getting a look on the PK and, and what I liked when when I asked Q about this the other day and he, he said basically said if Wendell's gonna make the team he's there's a good chance that he'll be on the penalty kill and the phrase Q uses is He's like, yeah, he could be a killer. <laughs> Which it's—he was so specifically talking about Lundell is on the PK, so you can't really take that quote and use it anywhere else. But just the fact that he coach Q talking about, yeah, he could be a killer. It's just, yeah, I love that. Uh, and, and some of the D that we're getting used on the PK, uh, obviously you got Weeder Gudis, Kevin Knutin, uh, and then the young guys Chase Pristy and uh, Matt Kierstead. Obviously. Uh, You know, like Sasha Barkov, maybe even Sam Bennett, guys that will get penalty kill time during the regular season, but they're busy working on the power play. So, you know, they haven't gotten into working that into practice just yet. Um, As I mentioned, Anton Lindell got some time in the penalty kill because he finally uh, made his training camp debut on Monday. And I mean, we spoke to Q that day. We spoke to Joe Thornton that day, spoke to Radko Gudis that day. And every single, like all three of them singing the praises of this kid, how he just hit the ground running, how he fits right in, how good of a player he's He's going to be, uh, his work ethic, uh, just a lot of positives, uh, talking about Anton Lindell and the vibes that I got when Q was talking about him. I was asked several questions about Anton Lindell and the vibe I got from Q is like, as long as Lindell doesn't fall flat in his face. And if he continues to look the part, Expect him on the opening right night roster. It just sounds like this kid is too good not to have up here Everything I heard before he got here indicated that uh, You know, I've referenced what I spoke to Bill Zito not long before training camp and I, the vibe that I got from Zito was just like Wow, this kid is got these guys really excited. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what else he can bring Uh, Not what else he can bring, but what what else we can see out of him. Because, you know, we haven't seen much of him. Just made his training camp debut this week. Uh, Hopefully he gets into uh, a couple preseason games. Uh, I believe Q said that he's hoping to get Lundell into the last two. uh, Lundell and Joe Thornton, who also came back this week. Uh, So, yeah, they're really just kind of fine-tuning everything and getting ready for the preseason, which they're going to wrap up this week and then the next thing that we'll be focusing on is opening night on October 14th, Thursday against Pittsburgh at FLA Live Arena. I will be there and I expect it to be electric uh when the Penguins come to town. Yeah. It's it's time, right? This this the best Panthers team ever at this, you know, at this point of training camp. I I'm comfortable saying that at this point. I don't think there's ever been a Panthers team this good, this stacked, this deep uh now it's just, let's get to the season and, you know, let's see what these kids can do. Um, so, yeah, that's really all I've got for you on this podcast. It's just kind of a quick run through of where we're at at this point as training camp, uh, you know, is winding down. Regular season coming up uh, in less than two weeks. It's an exciting time. So, uh, yeah, a reminder to all you guys. Thank you again for listening. Um, first, a thank you to listening. I'm not reminding you. Uh, thank you for listening and a reminder that all my panthers coverage all my written work all the articles that i put my blood sweat and tears into can be found on local10.com or you can also check them out on the local 10 app as well just download it from your favorite app store um and then you can also follow me on twitter at david dwark for my daily coverage of the cats and a lot of cool stuff that i put out on twitter from practices morning skates games all that cool stuff uh and again thank you to everybody for listening to uh, what was episode 41 of chirping the cats if you haven't already and you like what you're hearing please uh, hit the subscribe button leave a good rating give me some stars you know all that cool stuff and uh and yeah that's it so until next time guys please uh, take care of yourselves stay safe be kind and of course as always stay cool see ya